Hello, Rue. Hello, Nick. How are you doing? I'm all right, I think. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to episode 11 of Beardy Dads. It's that time again. We're awake and we're both dads. I'm Rue Reynolds. I'm the father of a nearly 12-week-old baby. Uh, and this week, we just had him weighed and he's just hit 10 pounds and 6 ounces. I'm father of two. I've got Toby, three-and-a-half-year-old, and little Lauren, who is um, coming up to six weeks old. And she was weighed at the beginning of last week, so when she was five weeks, and she was £10.3. Oh, it's like they're racing. They're racing, but... Uh, <laughs> but they're several weeks apart. Well, yeah, so Lauren is half Oliver's age. She's only three ounces off. Since she's been born, they've been almost the same weight all the way through. It'd be interesting to compare their um, compare their graphs. Yeah. Um, so enough about weight. It's a weird one, actually, isn't it, as a metric? It's something that, that people do tend to obsess over, I suppose, because it's one of the only things that you can Yeah, it's, it's the one that gets measured, and... I think particularly in those first few weeks, it's just that important one to make sure things are developing as they should. But uh, Yeah, that makes sense. You soon stop thinking about it. <laughs> so what else have you been up to this week? Uh, this week we've had some interesting development milestones. So he's really found his hands this week, opening and closing them, looking at them, biting his fists. That's been quite interesting. And also watching us from a distance. So as you enter a room, he'll track you and keep a really close eye on you. A lot more smiling, um, some sort of early laughs, and and I think last week I talked about the eh, eh sound. Now we've also got ayah and goo <laughs> <laughs> and and a sort of weird like ay sound. Um, I'm not entirely sure what they all mean, but they're all lovely. But I imagine they all do have quite particular times when he'll use the different ones. Yeah, I think the eh, eh is something that he'll do, especially if he's hungry. Right. Um, and the others seem to be much more playful sounds. If he's amused at life and is looking around, smiling at things, then, yeah, he'll, mm. he'll be trying out his other sounds. I guess it's getting to that point where, when he's in his crib or wherever and starts making those noises, you can do a better job of predicting, is this going to turn into a cry or is it you can leave him be because he's content and he's just entertaining himself and yeah exactly yeah, yeah a, a grumbly gripey unhappy noise is very different from a i'm just awake and enjoying life yeah well we're a few weeks behind so i think this week we've, we've definitely been getting some really nice smiles which mm. we don't think is just wind yeah they, <laughs> it's they, difficult they, to tell isn't it it can be and sometimes you've been there for ages and getting really nice beaming smiles and you're certain it's a genuine reaction she'll then burp <laughs> and then you just don't know <laughs> Yeah, You don't know if those smiles were real or not Beardy dads So last week we talked a lot about reusables So you said you had uh, ordered some Mio Bambinos Yes, we got a big box of Mio Bambino reusable nappies And also a whole bunch of wipes And some liners that go uh, Sort of very thin disposable layer That goes inside the reusable nappy and we've been using them a bit this week. Uh, I think when they first arrived, we, we tried one and it leaked a little bit. Um, and then we waited a few days and we, we tried again. And they're really good. They're, they seem very comfortable. They pad him out a lot more. So he's now much more Weeble-like in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he seems to be getting on with them. They don't seem to be leaking too much. They come with a big handy bucket. So the dirty ones, you fling in a bucket and then wash them all. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite enjoying them. They, they seem all right. And you're staying on top of the washing and... You've got enough of them, I guess. Yeah, and partly it helps that we're not using them exclusively. Right. I guess at the moment we're probably slightly inconsistently just, you know, doing a bit of both. Um, And to be honest, we might need 
a few more. I think we might have 10 or 12, and that might only just be enough if we were going to be using them exclusively. Mm-hmm. I think at the moment we're still in sort of experimenting phase and, and seeing how we get on with them. But yeah, so far I'm I'm quite happy with them, actually. They're, they're working better than I might have might have guessed. Well, one of the other things we talked about last week was the cheeky wipes. One of our listeners pointed us the way of uh, reusable wipes. And we've had an email from, uh, from Alex uh, who wrote... They use cheeky wipes and that they're amazing. Uh, they've got a two and a half year old. And in fact, I should also add, uh, Alex had his second child just this week, little Phoebe. So oh, congratulations, congratulations to, Alex. Yeah, yeah that's congrats exciting. to him and his wife, Helen. So they've been using cheeky wipes uh, with their first child, uh, who's now two and a half years old. And they've got, in fact, two different types of cheeky wipes. They've got the original cotton ones that they've used on his bottom. Um, and he's sort of thankful they're not having to do that as much anymore. And he's well on the way to being toilet trained. But also the softer microfiber ones, good for after meals, for wiping his face and hands and the table. Oh, nice. They both do a great job and are so easy to just chuck in the washing machine with whatever mountain of clothes need to be washed that day. So he's got a special box pre-soaked with water and a few drops of essential oils. And they keep a good few days supply ready for action. He describes himself as far from an eco-warrior. And the fact they couldn't be bothered with reusable nappies... But cheeky wipes just do a much better job of cleaning up the muck than disposable wipes. These sound really interesting. Um, mm. Last week, I think it was Nathan Delgrano who who pointed us in the direction of cheekywipes.com. Yeah, so thanks to Alex Howell for f- filling us in with your uh, experiences. And I'm yeah. increasingly tempted, actually. They, they seem like a really neat idea. Well, certainly for uh, mealtimes, uh, we've got a stack of flannels from Ikea, kids' flannels. Much the similar idea, actually. We just... You know, wet a flannel at the kitchen sink to you know, wipe Toby's face and hands and the table and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, we certainly wouldn't use wipes for, for meal times unless we're out and about when it's just convenient. But Yeah, it's just an extension of, I suppose, what, what everyone does with muzzies. Mm. Well, I'll be on the lookout for um, reusable wipes. And I think a nice small cloth uh, and maybe a variety of different textures and sizes does seem like something handy to have around. Like you, we've got a few flannels um, which are serving various cleaning up and tidying up purposes at the moment um, mainly bottom related rather than uh, rather than standing in as muzzies but I suppose we're at the stage where it's just it's just breastfeeding so it's milk and, and sick. yeah uh, we're not yeah. really at the having meals stage yet so I'm no sure it's, that, uh, yeah so when when Toby started eating real food you'd be amazed just how covered they can get in yogurt or pasta sauce well more listener feedback we got an email from Derek Murphy thank you Derek Uh, He points us in the direction of the Pregnancy Plus app, which apparently comes highly recommended from Mrs. Murphy. Uh, He says it costs about three euros on the iTunes store. I think Derek might be from Ireland. And apparently it shows the baby's approximate size compared to, guess what, Nick? Guess what sizes might be being used to compare babies before they're born? Is it fruits? It's always fruit, isn't it? (laughs) He says it starts off with raisins and grapes, and he thinks they're probably up to grapefruit now. And it gives you lots of information on what to expect each week. And he says... It also has a disturbing function that it can post the contractions directly to Facebook, which no. says he won't be using, which is a bit horrifying, isn't it? No, I mean, oh, yeah. There's, too soon, there's too soon. Sharing and there's oversharing. I mean, <laughs> We've had yeah. our first contraction. No, that's... No. But it reminded me of something I'd seen on Twitter this week, which was another app called the Contraction Monitor. Uh, and it's a free app, but it has a paid upgrade. And the upgrade is required after you've had 20 contractions logged by the app. <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, that's a risky strategy in terms of <laughs> fleecing revenue from your customers. I had a look at the reviews on iTunes because it just seemed like such a crazy thing to try and do. And as you might imagine, the reviews are fairly universally negative. Um, <laughs> people saying, you know, only 20 contractions and they make you pay. That really stinks when you're in labour. One person who very generously, I thought, said, you should really ask me to upgrade at the end of my 20th contraction rather than the start of my 21st contraction. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Remembering what the contractions were like for Joe, being prompted for your iTunes password <laughs> mid-contraction. Oh, dear. An interesting freemium model there. Yes, we didn't... Um, I, I was expecting, before we went into labour, I was expecting that I would have got an app. And I think maybe if we'd gone to full term, if, if I had had those extra three weeks to prepare and start worrying about things, I probably would have found a, a contraction monitoring app, and that probably would have been one of my jobs. As it happened, we were a, a bit early, and you know, we, we sort of uh, ended up being mostly taken care of by lots of doctors. Uh, mm. anyone, anyone who's listened to the first couple of episodes will... Uh, We'll, we'll know all about both of our birth, birth stories. So, yeah, I missed out on all of that fun. But I, I do like the idea of contraction monitoring and, you know, be, being able to help out. I think we're always looking out, aren't we, for things that dads can do to help. Yes, I, I can't imagine these apps are necessarily designed for mum to, to be stood there or laying there. But then equally, do you want the dad distracted doing things like that? Well, I worry that I'd be multitasking. I'd be, you know, yeah. tracking contractions and then I, I wouldn't be able to resist opening up Twitter. No, just check your mail. And quick look. See what's going on in the world. Bit of flappy bird. <laughs> yeah, time your flappy birds to the contractions. I'm sure. While we're at it, Derek Murphy also asks, is it ever too early to start stocking up on consumables? He says that they think they're going to go for disposable nappies, uh, and he wonders whether it's a good idea to start buying now to spread out the cost for things like nappies and wipes, formula, baby food even. What did you do, Nick? Did you start buying things well before birth, or were you rushing out shopping after you got home? I mean, we didn't create a huge stockpile you know unlike petrol prices the prices are fairly static so take advantage of the offers when they're there but i don't think you need to go overboard i mean the worst thing you can do is run out at any time so that you're having to do that frantic shop but equally buying so much that you just don't have the space for it yeah like you say they don't change much in price um and you're going to be buying them for well i was going to say months but years really so in some ways, I think what we did was just have enough to get started with. Derek concludes his email by saying that he agrees with the rest of our listeners that the opening music is great. He says it's like Postal Service and Autecker had a lovely baby girl and called her Beardy Dad's theme. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Derek. I think Wes has done a brilliant job on the theme tune. Beardy Dad's! So another listener's question came in, and I think it, it sparked quite a lot of really good feedback. So Ben Carter got in contact. Uh, he emailed us, podcast at biddydads.co.uk, and he's interested around routines and how important they are. So he and his wife moved from New Zealand to London in December with a three-month-old, and naturally that's brought quite a lot of disruption to him, so pretty much just let him do whatever he wanted for feeding and sleeping and never got a good routine since it would be disrupted with 26-hour flights anyway. So now he's six months and a bit old, and whilst he has his own bed, he doesn't seem to like it because he was in a portable cot till December when they moved. He'll only fall asleep if he's feeding or in the buggy. When he wakes in the night, around every hour or so, he thinks he's hungry and needs to eat for maybe ten minutes to get back to sleep and repeat throughout the night. Oh, Ben. Horrible. Yeah, that that sounds very tough. That must be so frustrating as well, because 
any anything which disturbs sleep patterns for the grown-ups is definitely not fun. We did put a call out for people's opinion on routine early on Twitter, and what have, what have our listeners been saying, Rue? Oh, we had loads of response. So yeah, we asked if people thought that routine was a useful thing in establishing sleep patterns, and loads of our friends on Twitter um, came back to us really quickly. Um, Womble Pie said that he thinks routine can be beneficial in the first few months, um, but actually your your sanity surviving intact is really the best that you can hope for. Yeah. In fact, my brother got in touch on Twitter and said uh, a good bedtime routine made things easier for them, as did separating feeding and sleeping, and he no longer needs a boob to fall asleep. Nathan Delgrano, friend of the show, said routine is the be-all and end-all required for sanity. Uh, Dave Monroe, previous contributor, said a strict routine in the evening seemed to help a lot with our sleeping. Anton P said, we found our two tried to dictate the routine to us. Not sure if it matters much in the end. Matthew White got in touch and said, routine's very important. Uh, his first son, junior number one, had quite bad eczema and good sleep took years. And he made, a, I think, a really important point that he would always say, ask for help if you really struggle. And there is lots of help, I suppose. So in the early days, you do have really um, frequent access to midwives and then healthcare visitors and then GP uh, options open. Uh, Matthew also suggested organisations like homestart.org.uk, uh, which I hadn't come across before, but you know, there's, there's lots of support out there. And, and even, I hope for Ben in New Zealand, I hope there's uh, you know, stuff that he can do and places that he can turn. Mm. You can take for granted if, you, if things go well, you get into a routine and you find it easy that you know, for a lot of parents, it isn't easy. It is hard work and no one is alone in doing this. I mean, part of the reason you and I are doing this podcast Ru, is just so we can talk to each other as much as anyone else about our experiences and what we're getting up to and you know there are plenty of organizations out there who are there to listen to advise to help to you know just be that sympathetic ear when you need it yeah and I think um it's not just for the sake of your son but but for you and and your partner as well yeah yeah definitely worth taking care of yourself so I think we talked a bit when we were talking about bath times uh, last week or the week before, um, you guys have started to establish, try to establish some sort of routine. Yeah, and this is partly just from having heard you and and your wife Joe talking about about this in the past. We we picked up the trick of setting some sort of nighttime ritual: feeding, having a bath, going down to bed, and that being something that we try and do at more or less the same time each day and more or less the same pattern of behaviour each day. So the, the same things in more or less the same order. Mm. And to be fair, we're not doing that totally consistently. We're not doing that, you know, like in, in a completely ritualistic way every single day. But we're trying to establish enough of a habit for ourselves as much as anything. And it seems to be helping. Uh, mm. I, I, I wouldn't say that Oliver has now, you know, totally predictable sleep patterns or is doing exactly the same thing each day. What is he now, 12 weeks old? He's getting to the stage where we can put him down and, and he'll probably wake up twice during the night and then it'll be time for us all to get up. Um, and especially in the last week, actually, he's he's falling into a bit of a, a bit more of a pattern. You know, the, the slightly right. random chaos of the first few weeks is beginning yeah. to settle down into a slightly more predictable dependable routine which is yeah it's helping all of us it's just nice it feels a bit less random right for us with lauren it, i mean it's too early to to really be in the full swing of routine but much as you we, we have started now just this week having a bath each night and getting a change from whatever she's been in during the day into 
whatever she'll sleep in at night and mm. again yeah it is just having that pattern of behavior that they can start to recognize with toby be what three and a half years ago when when toby was born i, I forget how we came across it but joe found this book by gina ford contented baby's first year it talks a lot about how to ensure your baby is content and it has quite strict guidelines for you know you you must follow these steps you must do these things we didn't stick to it a hundred percent but you know certainly picked and choose the bits that fitted with how we wanted the routine to revolve around what we were doing mm. and it seemed to work we didn't have a lot of disruptive periods trying to find a routine i think we we fell into a routine quite smoothly i mean it was little things that um, perhaps they helped perhaps they didn't but i think we were given as a gift a lullaby cd a you know random rainforesty lullaby so no singing just sort of quite tranquil music hmm. and um we just got into the habit of whenever we went taking toby to bed we would just play that in the background softly just that sort of background sort of ambient cue that, that it was calming down time and you know, time to be going to bed. Uh, and then, um, I, I was talking to Joe earlier today about it, uh, a point that I think I saw less of, because obviously I was at work during the day, you know, the routine isn't just about bedtime, because, you know, you'll have naps through the day as well. Mm. And finding a routine for those naps, trying not to have naps elsewhere in the house. You know, if, if, they, if they're going to have a nap, make sure it's up in wherever they sleep at night. Yeah. Whilst you can have blackout blinds, try and get to that point where the naps during daytime are just different to the naps at night. So you, they don't confuse one for the other and decide in the middle of the night it's a good time to be up and playing. Um, so doing whatever you can to sort of reinforce patterns of behaviour that you want to see and, and to help them um, have familiar surroundings and familiar contexts for... for sleep in in the right places does seem like a good idea yeah i don't know yeah. i mean i i was really glad when we got all that feedback from listeners because i'm obviously a complete novice at all of this mm. if ben's looking for you know maybe some further reading or some some other stuff to look into it sounds like the the book that you found useful the one from gina ford um what was that called again so it is the contented baby's first year we'll we'll put the links in the the show notes so yeah um I'm sure there are a thousand and one books that will you know, profess to tell you exactly how to establish a routine. I mean, all I can say is this is the one that we read and um, you know, we, I think we learnt from it. And um... Yeah, the, there's other stuff as well. I, I wouldn't go as far as to call this a recommendation, but a friend of mine um, has had real success with um, something called the pick-up-put-down method. Uh, and uh, I think it's Tracy Hogg, who's also known as the Baby Whisperer, uh, that might be another name worth Googling and, and some other stuff that people might want to have a look into. But I think, again, just going back to the the, the point Matthew White made um, is you know, there are there are groups out there who are there to help support people struggling with this sort of thing. So if you have real concerns, then you know, go find these organisations, go, go pick up the phone um, because they're there to help. Yeah. And, you know, much as we like being uh, in contact with, with dads as much as anything to be a shoulder to cry on, uh, sadly, we're 
probably not going to be able to give you the best advice about how to deal with your <laughs> your situation so yeah. yeah i mean what i would say though is is good luck ben and um if you do try some things and you find that something works we'd, we'd love to hear back mm. and i think that's one of the great things when we hear back from people who contributed before because you know you guys are going through it at the same time as we are and you know do let us know what works what doesn't work Yes, and, and there's definitely a lot of competing advice in this area. It's it's going to be easy to find five different people with ten different opinions on what the best way is, um, and there's there's a lot of material. Um, so, yeah, trying to wade our way through that and, and just have some suggestions to things that definitely work for other dads in similar situations is always mm. going to be helpful. Beardy Dads. Hi, Beardy Dads. It's Graham here. By way of brief introduction, I'm a uh, new not-so-beardy dad to a now nearly 11-week-old baby boy called Ben. Um, Coincidentally, born on exactly the same day as uh, Ruse Oliver. I wanted to pick up on a point that uh, came up uh, several episodes ago now, um, where you were talking about buggies and uh, car seats and various other baby paraphernalia. Well, we were quite lucky to... uh, receive um, a sort of a, a second-hand travel system, I guess you call it, uh, with a car seat and the buggy and um, all the rain covers and the uh, the bit that clips into the car that you put the car seat on and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we managed to get through a, another colleague of ours at, um, at work. Um, so I felt really, really kind of lucky in a way that uh, we bought something from somebody that I, I trust. Obviously, it was a little bit cheaper as well, which is always a bonus, of course. But um, it was something that held quite a lot of trepidation for me before we were having our baby. Um, I'm I'm very much aware that I really can't be bothered, I think it is, that to become expert in all of the various different baby bits and pieces that you might need. What I want, and it's kind of what most people say to uh, us computer types, I suppose, about their computers, I just want something that works. What I don't want to do is spend hours and hours online researching which one's best. The, the, the whole thing where somebody just managed to kind of say, well, here's one that worked for me, why don't you give it a go uh, and, and try it? That was really good. And we're kind of seeing the same thing now with various other bits and pieces that are coming up. So one of the issues that we've got um, is we're looking to go away for uh, a few weeks over the summer. And um, obviously we need a travel cot for that. I'm kind of finding myself in the same boat as we did all those months ago with this travel system of, well, I just want a travel cot that works for me. I want something that's going to fit in the car with all the rest of my stuff. It's going to be safe and comfortable for little baby Ben to spend a few nights away in. Possibly it's not going to be as ideal as everything you've got at home, being a travel system or travel cot, but um, something that's going to be good. Well, when you look online, there's seemingly millions of these things out there uh, and with all sorts of various relative advantages and disadvantages. And frustratingly, they, they seem to range between sort of about £20 or less up to about £200 here in the UK. Um, and you kind of think, well, what am I getting for my £200 if I buy a travel cot that I don't get if I buy a 20 quid one? Um, so if anybody's got any tips out there for us on, on travel cots and which ones they've got and if they worked and why they worked, I'd be really glad to hear it because then I can go out and buy something that other people have recommended without years of research. So uh, thanks very much and keep up the good work, Beardy Dads. 
Well, if anyone's got any tips for Graham, uh, either any brands that you might want to suggest or even ways of narrowing down his selection, uh, do let us know. And uh, I, I'm sure Graham will be very glad to hear your feedback. Yeah. We'll be, as always, looking out for your feedback at podcast at beardydads.co.uk. And we're on Twitter at beardydads. And thirdly, if you go to the blog beardydads.co.uk, each episode has space for comments. So you could do that as well. However you want to do it. And if you want to send in a recording like Graham did on your phone, just record two or three minutes your thoughts on anything we've spoken about or if it's just something we've not covered yet and you want to pose a question to the audience. Yes, please do get in touch and uh, and anything that you might want to ask or tell us or tips you want to share. Both Nick and I are doing this to hear from other people in similar situations. So, yeah, and anything that you'd love to share with us, we're, we're here, we're all ears. Crazy Dads. So as well as contributions, another venue for you to share your thoughts is the iTunes reviews. Oh, yes. You can find Beardy Dads in iTunes. And uh, as ever, Nick, we've had a couple of new reviews again this week. So first, we've got Pie Master Pete. Pie Master Pete says, As a new father to a six-week premature baby, this podcast is fantastic listening whilst working from home during the early weeks. Great to hear things from a dad's point of view with a twist of humour. Almost tempted to grow a beard. I'm sure it would suit you, Pete. Uh, Second review this week comes from Mr. Dad Jake, and he says, As a dad-to-be in less than 20 weeks, I'm finding this podcast oddly relaxing. I'm a 23-year-old man expecting my first and feeling the pressure. However, this odd mix of anecdotes and tips almost makes me relaxed. The lack of sleep can't be that bad, surely. Good listen, keep them coming, at least for the next 20 weeks. So I'd like to pick up Mr. Dad Jake on two points. <laughs> we'll certainly try and keep him coming for the next 20 weeks, and we might go a bit beyond that as well. Uh, once you've had the baby, that's when it all suddenly becomes really real, Jake. So, uh, yeah, you, yeah. Might, you might appreciate it even more after the baby's arrived. But the previous sentence, the lack of sleep can't be that bad, surely, and then he's followed that with three question marks. I, I'm not sure where to start, really, Nick. Well, the lack of sleep is just a thing, and and, yeah... It can be horrible. When you find yourself not even able to finish a sentence like this one, because <laughs> you're just slightly too tired to string together coherent thoughts, it's one of the things you you fast find ways to cope with. So don't be surprised if you find yourself fast asleep on the sofa at random times of the day. I fell asleep in the bath the other day. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's risky. Yeah. No, it's it's something where you hear it a lot. Everyone says, oh, you know, get sleep while you can, which of course is complete bollocks because it's not like you can bank it. It's not like having mm. slept really well for three months, then you're going to cope any better for the broken sleep after that. But it's such a cliche, isn't it? New parents coming into this all know that sleep is going to be an issue. And uh, certainly for, for me, I was a bit nervous about it, actually, because I really like mm-hmm. sleeping. But yeah, the reality of it is that it is pretty much every bit as bad as, as you might fear but equally that there's also quite a lot of upside to it and it's quite enjoyable so in some ways I don't really resent the missed sleep uh, and it's it's all part of the slightly chaotic slightly intense thing you know there's a there's a certain heroic aspect to it if you can if you can just charge through it and and enjoy it all then it doesn't really matter and it's certainly true with with a newborn baby you can't resent anything they do you just have to get on with it i will add as the father of a three and a half year old who'll come in at 7am and demand cbb's <laughs> then you can start resenting it but um 
No, not well, not for the first couple of years. Once you can debate with them, then it, I'm sure it changes. So, uh, as ever, thanks to everyone who's been involved in this week's episode. A uh, huge number of contributors, um, plus everyone who's been tweeting to us and about us this week, including James Taylor, Dave Hughes, Aaron Ashmore, Cy Winter, Andy Felton, Ben Carter, Dave Brains, Peter Fletcher... Lopter. Yes, thank thank you everyone who, who has got in touch. And of course, thanks to Wes West for the theme tune. And those contact details again, if you want to get in touch for any reason, we are podcast at beardydads.co.uk. And we're at beardydads on Twitter. Brilliant. See you next week, Nick. Cheers, Rue. Bye. Bye. Bye.